Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. No, uh, a younger me definitely would have, but I just, I feel like I've, I've come so far. I really know who I am. I know myself. I know what I can bring. I know, you know, all of the stories and all that. It, it's tough to answer, but I don't really take satisfaction because it's not that deep for me because, I, like I said, I just know who I am. Uh, I'm just happy that I'm in the position I am in, playing in the Super Bowl, um, and hopefully being able to give one last effort, everything I have for this team uh, to bring home that trophy. Just a little bit of the context of that. Was is it possible that was Aaron Donald? No. Von Miller? Oh for two. Austin Lane. Auto Beckham Jr. Yes, sir. Oh very good. There it is. Very good. There it is. You even stunned Casey. Yeah. Casey is surprised you got that. Yeah, I had to think about it a little bit, but we got there. Very nice. Very, very nice. Brett Martin of Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, football at five, Jags. Mike Caldwell, we talked about him. Defensive coordinator reportedly will be the guy uh, that uh, we talked about earlier in the show. Again, uh, in the weeds on the offensive, and, I mean, on the staff is interesting, but Mike McCoy is a QB coach. Kind of heard rumblings of that uh, a few days ago, and it uh, looks like that's going to happen. Any thoughts on Mike McCoy, a guy who's been out of the league for a few years? Yeah, a guy that's been out of the league. You know, I always talk about resume. And, like, if you look at the resume of McCoy, you know, in terms of helping groom quarterbacks, I mean, he worked with Tim Tebow um, in Denver. Uh, was a quarterback's coach in Carolina back in 2007, 2008. I'm trying to think who the quarterback was back then. In what year? 2007, 2008. Which team? Carolina Panthers. Jake DeLome? Might have been Jake DeLome. No. Good pull. Casey Panthers fan. Are you, I know you are a closet Panthers you're, you're, fan. You're a Panthers junkie. Not really. You got to be a closet Panthers fan. Like you just came up with Sam Jake Darnold. Like you were like six. You're, you're a Sam Darnold stan. You're like six. Yeah, you love the Panthers this year. You love Sam Darnold. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you <laughs> are. Not. Like, I mean, do you like the colors or something? Like subconscious here? Maybe. Cool logo. Maybe Christian McCaffrey, you had him in your fantasy team or something. So now you're then good. I would hate him, bro. He's been hurt. <laughs> yeah, for like I, I, I mean, like a couple years ago, I'd be very upset with Christian McCaffrey at this point. But no, to me, when we talk about Mike McCoy, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a guy that Peterson, I assume, knows because I think if you bring a guy that's been out for four years, it's kind of a leap of faith. Yeah, well, they actually you know, were like roommates or something back in like 1995. See, there you go. Yeah, so he knows him a little bit. Um, you know, the, I mean, the absence, we don't know what the absence was for. Did he just want to take a break? Was it family-related illness? Like, we don't know why he's been out of the game for four years, but it's, it's worth, you know, at least a little bit of concern because this guy is going to be helping Peterson now um, try to get the best out of Trevor Lawrence. Outside of Peterson, what's the most important hire? Is it, is it is it O.C.? No, I think or, defensive coordinator. So you think defense coordinator is? Yeah, because I think the OC isn't necessarily a traditional OC in terms of Peterson still calling the plays. Yeah. 
So I would say defensive coordinator. Here's the thing about McCoy, in my estimation. You got a guy who had head coaching experience, too. I think, the, I think what you see is teams, just think about the good programs. Like, people fall up, if you will. Hmm. Uh, like, Alabama comes to mind. I'm, I know I'm talking college, but, like, they've got... They always have, like, former head coaches, NFL or college. I mean, this year they had Marona and Bill O'Brien, but they've, they've always had it. Mm-hmm. Like, they always bring in Sarkeesian. They had Lane Kiffin. Like, they had guys that had actually done it, like, at that level. And I'm not telling you that other teams don't. I'm sure I could pick out 100 schools at the college level and 30 teams at the NFL level that have somebody on their staff that, like, was a head coach. Like, I get it. But I'm saying there's, like, countless people like that. Uh, the Patriots actually might bring back uh, Joe Judge, I think. Right. So, yeah. like, it's obviously if you've been a head coach and you lose and you get fired, you're probably going to land back in the NFL uh, and it's to some capacity. But I wonder in this situation in Jacksonville with Peterson, if he can get more of those people on that staff or he'll go like a route of um, youth and first timers like the Mike Caldwell thing, if that turns out to be in the defensive coordinator. I, I look at urban staff that he built and it was such a mix of college nfl but really the only guy with head coaching experience and doing this very quick in my head would be charlie strong and he wasn't really coaching he was kind of his right hand man yeah he had bevel you had schottenheimer uh you had joe cullen like those guys hadn't been and all the other position coaches i don't think had been so like and it's it's a different setup Mm -hmm. but my point being are you better are you are you a stronger staff if you have more guys that have experience running the show you know and understand the position of peterson running the show and and understand the position of of everything that goes into it and has more respect in the building for that and all these other things i think that you know i mean every staff's going to be different but it's got to be a combination of experience success but also youth you know whether you want to put the youth more at the coordinator position or the youth at the you know the position groups but you have to have some sort of youth because if you just assemble a roster of, of old seasoned coaches, yeah, then true. it's going to be very hard to relate to your locker room, regardless of how cool you think you are. You know, but if you have the nice combination of youth and also experience, well, now, you know, you have the inner workings of, I think, a successful locker room. And I think every su- successful locker room has a combination of that. So I think going forward, you know, I mean, when we talk about are we going to see more of the older guys, the younger guys? I think it's going to be a combination of both. I mean, I think you have Doug Peterson, who, you know, is seasoned in terms of his time in the NFL, is, is a little bit seasoned in terms of his career of coaching. And then you pair that with a defensive coordinator who is kind of on the come up a little bit. So I think that's a good combination. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I, that's a really good point, by the way. If you have too much season, too much experience, you also um, – have the chance that they're not going to relate to the players. And there's a delicate balance to that this day and age. That's a really good call. Mm-hmm. It's funny is because I'm seeing on social media, Joe says it, the Press Jags fan says it, like, hey, I trust Peterson to hire good coaches, finally building a decent staff. I see people like the names that are being thrown around. And I, I, I will continually say this. I don't know what that means. I'll tell you, like, what a good staff is in 17 games. I'll tell you next <laughs> January if I think it's a good staff. Like, yeah. I could have made a case. I, I understand people didn't love, like, Bevel. Uh, from the Super Bowl or for other reasons. Like, I get it, 
But I also think there was reason to say, okay, this guy might be pretty good or Schottenheimer or Joe Cullen we like. But whatever it is, the mix of the staff didn't go well together. Those guys underperformed. Like, the whole staff underperformed. It wasn't just Urban Meyer. Like, I could point my fingers at Sanjay Lal to Daryl Bevel to Schottenheimer to others that I thought were making clear mistakes. And that jumped off the page at me. So, I... Again, you're going to have, I'm going to be a hard guy for you to get me, not you specifically, but for Doug Peterson to get me super over the top excited about his staff. Um, it, it, I'll trust what the fans think on this or, or what Doug says on this thing. Yeah. And then I'll tell you in 17 games <laughs> if it's a good staff or not, yeah. if it worked, if it if well, it gelled, if if the players responded, if, if the players got better. Like, that's when I'll be able to tell if this is a good staff. So, and it's crazy because, like, I, I say he's younger, but he's only four years younger than Doug Peterson. So, Mike Caldwell, I guess, is more of the, the older guy. You know, I mean, he's he's 50 years old. So, I'd probably put him even, even more of the seasoned guy than really the younger guy. So, I, that leads me to believe, and, like, Mike McCoy is an older guy as I well. I put him in the so, older so, so, here we got. So, we got, so far, of what we know, more than likely. I mean, it's not official yet, but what we know. We had Doug Peterson, who you said you want, older guy. 54, yeah. Yep. You got Mike McCoy, older guy, as a quarterback's coach. Uh, you got Caldwell, more than likely, older guy. So now I think, you know, the offensive coordinator coming in, you got to go with youth. You're, you're going to go with the guy. Press Taylor. Press Taylor could be a possibility, but I think you go in more of the youthful direction yeah. with that. That's interesting. That's a good yeah. call. And, and then you can do that otherwise, right? Secondary coach or yeah, yeah. Coach and the position coach is still in accordingly. Or, and you'll have a mixed bag of that. That's an interesting point. You know, yeah. I will say this. We are at this odd crossroads of relationship with, with the locker room. Like, that's not a new thing, but I think it's a delicate, like, a change, ever-changing thing over these last handful of years trying to figure that out. And I think who you have as the head coach represents that more than maybe everybody else. But I also think there's a there's a great amount of respect for a lot of coaches that you wouldn't necessarily say always relate to the players, you know, because of their age. Mm-hmm. Like there there's still like a reverence toward people who do it the right way, a wisdom toward people and how they treat you and how they, so like from a player perspective my view of it is it's not necessarily I got to have a guy that's 32 years old might listen to the same music as me watch the same cartoons as me growing up as a kid those kind no, of things not it's more all. that hey do they have a respect for what I do and do I have a respect for what they do and do they treat me like an adult Right. And I look at guys like Todd Bowles. Right. I look at a guy like Lovey Smith, who just got the job, who probably be well received by the players. Like I look at those guys and they're obviously not young guys or experienced guys. They have a lot of wisdom to them. Most likely they have a lot of experiences. But I feel like those guys are in that category. Like I said that about Jim Caldwell, like Jim Caldwell would have been 66, 67 years old. Yeah. But I think there would have been like a, this this unique relationship with a player that would have responded well. In the building, even though he was twice their age and could be their grandfathers. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, when we talk about locker room dynamics of a younger coach, you're not looking for a coach that can, you know, yeah, talk about TV shows or music with you. I think why people are are drawn to now, organizations are drawn to the younger coaches, at least some teams are, is because of the way that they teach things. Uh, I think what gets lost in translation sometimes, regardless if you're a former player or not, but you're an older coach, is that when you're coaching and you're trying to get your point across, whether it's a technique or goals, sometimes I feel like that gets lost in translation to the younger generation for whatever reason, in in terms of communication. 
So I think that's the, the, the primary issue that you have to overcome if you are an older coach, is you have to learn how to communicate mm. with these guys in the locker room. Now, locker room is, uh, is an entity made up of older veterans uh, and younger guys as well, but predominantly younger guys, just how the NFL works. So that, to me, is the biggest obstacle if you're an older coach you have to overcome, is how do you get your message across, and more importantly, how do you have your players receive that message? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, some news out from Aaron Wilson. Um says Jags new coach Doug Peterson has other staffing plans, not retaining passing game coordinator and QB coach Brian Schottenheimer and offensive line coach George Warhop, in addition to special teams coordinator Nick Sorensen. So, listen, this is going to be a reboot in Jacksonville, most likely. They might get a hangover, a holdover, one or two guys. Uh, who knows who they might be. But this is going to be a flush. There's no surprise. Um, you know, especially since it was an Urban Meyer put-together staff. Yeah. That was probably a little bit more uniquely put together than maybe the traditional way of the NFL guys where you have the tree and you have relationships. And you and Doug Peterson's going to fall back to that way most likely. Yeah. And I think that's why you see even a Mike McCoy. I mean, it's really a fascinating hire potentially is that you get a guy who's been out of the league since 18, but they go all the way back to 1995, yeah. you know. And so there's a comfort level there, uh, respect level there. But... It's also, int- I mean, it's really interesting to me. I, we said something during the show yesterday that how many people the Jags have had, like, in their building in a position of some kind of power that weren't in the league the year before? Yeah. I mean, from Tom Coughlin to Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson to now a guy like Mike McCoy. I mean, it's really wild. It's an odd thing. Like, I don't know if it's a bad thing. It might hit the refresh button. It might charge the batteries again. Mm -hmm. They might learn a lot by taking a different view. Like, it could be a very good thing. But it's certainly an odd irony in this this profession to have so many hires in a three-year span of guys that weren't even doing it the year prior. Yeah. Isn't that odd? You're not wrong. Hey, Uh, what happened to Bevel? Is he, like, he hasn't been let go officially, right? Yeah, I think officially. There's probably a, a, you know, internally, they're meeting with those coaches. If you saw, I, I tweeted something about the 33rd team, and what are the, the 33rd team, I think they call themselves. Um, but Peterson was a part of that this year where they would, they got a lot of former coaches together and they would uh, address certain issues, you know, throughout the NFL season. And one was, like, one of the articles they did is they had people talking about what do you do in your first week on the job. Yeah, yeah. And I tweeted that out, and it's pretty interesting. And one of the things that you do is you, you talk to the entire staff that was there previously, mm-hmm. and you decide if, hey, do you think they can be a part of your team? You know, most of them usually go their separate ways. But, again, as been the case here in Jacksonville, there's been some holdovers from the previous regimes. Uh, this isn't just a front office Trent bulky thing. This has been a constant thing, good or bad, yeah. here in Jacksonville. So... Uh, it'll be be interesting to see. I just don't feel like there's going to be many holdovers. It's a good question, though, Casey. I don't know Bevel. I haven't heard anything on Bevel yet. I, I, that's why I brought it. I just feel like he's the only main coach that you've heard their name that hasn't been brought up yet. And one of the reasons I think somebody asked me this, and I'm sorry, I don't think I got back on Twitter about it, uh, asked me, like, why Joe Cullen mm-hmm. was, like, allowed to go and already sign up with Kansas City, why they let him out of it before even Doug Peterson was hired. And maybe, I I don't really have a full answer for that. I think maybe just out of respect for Joe and the job that he did, and also that somebody else was interested. Like, I'm not sure people were knocking on the door of Bevel and Schottenheimer and Warhop and the rest. Now, Tim Walton also was gone. Why? Because Ohio State was interested in him. Uh, The the 
uh, the tight ends coach ended up at Virginia Tech, right? So well, if you have another job, then you got to, hey, Chad's got to be like, hey, we'll let you out of this or not. And right? Baltimore's also interested in him as a defensive coordinator uh, spot as well. Yeah, in so, Indianapolis. In Indianapolis as well, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I think they yeah. don't want to hold those guys hostage. Yeah. And so that's a nice thing the organization does to not have to hold them up. You see that the Giants got Wink Martindale then from I did. Baltimore? Yeah. But I still think it's very confusing the Wink Martindale firing. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a little something more to that. Change yeah. of scenery. Um, I, and maybe there has been. I just haven't read it. Do you think if that coaching staff walks into a bar, you're not messing with that coaching staff more than anybody else in the league? <laughs> I mean, but we're talking about Dable and Wink Martindale? Yeah. Hey. Well, I know this. If See, those hey, two guys walk in, I, no. I know if they walk into a bar, I'm not sure about messing with them. Yeah. But I know they'll probably drink you under the table. <laughs> that, that like, too. You don't have, you don't look like that <laughs> yeah. without being able to pour a few back. <laughs> and then you just got, and then you, yeah, Mike Kafka <laughs> bringing up the rear. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that is for sure. Um, I actually got an, I, I got a question about what do we make of the whole cycle? The cycle's over. Lovey Smith gets hired by Houston. This was to me the most. They had nine openings eventually because the Saints were late. Yeah. But you had nine openings. You had two early. You had the Raiders, which was weird because they were winning and the guy was doing a great job getting them to the playoffs, even though that was the first job open. You had the Urban Meyer fiasco. You had the Jazz getting a head start yet being one of the latest to, to hire a new coach. You had a lot in between. And in between all that, you have a lawsuit with a guy who's a finalist for one of the jobs and maybe two of the jobs. I mean, this was the wackiest, most bizarre cycle. I, I, I hate to say in NFL history because I haven't seen them all, but yeah. that I can remember. And by the way, we do a lot of this coaching stuff over the last decade here in Jacksonville. And, and I just don't remember one like this. I was shocked to see nine jobs open. I was shocked to see how long it took for even the first domino to fall. I was shocked to see the fact that once the first domino fell, it, the, one more did, but then it took another, like, seven, eight, nine days for the next one to. Yeah, I mean, it was extremely eerie to, you know, like, Flores obviously getting let go, which I didn't see coming. You know, Cully wasn't the best look of him getting let go. But to me, it was one of the weirder ones that I can remember because, in my opinion, the top candidate didn't even get an offer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think, I mean, in my opinion, I think the top candidate was Jim Caldwell. And he had a couple interviews, but that was about it. And he kind of went away. And then, you know, obviously Eric Bieniemy too, who I figured by now he would have um, a head coaching gig, and he doesn't either. So, yeah, just the way everything played out, obviously, with, with the Texans doing their thing and the Jaguars, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely um, a weird one to say the least. And I guess, like, you know, the, the consensus, like, I'll be honest, I didn't know who Everflus was until, you know, like, his name became out. Like, I, you know, this entire season, I didn't mention Everflus one time on the no. show and then until the season was over. So it was weird for some of the candidates that they got, like, they're the guy in Miami now. Um, Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. Yeah, McDaniel. Had no idea who he was. Had no idea who he was. I, I, I still think he's more of an SNL character than he is a head coach. At least he looks like it, but we'll see what happens with that. It's just, it, it was a very, very interesting cycle. Hey, talking about the cycle, Brent, can we find those receipts, please, on who picked the coaches correctly? Come on, uh, Casey, let's go. Yeah, uh, Casey, how much did you get right? I, like, Brent play, has the playing receipts. Playing the 17th hole and having a fist pump wasn't enough, huh? Do, um, we, do we have the receipts? No, I told you that was peak of life. Oh, okay. But life goes on. Like, uh, <laughs> I need more. <laughs> All right, so... Here's a, I'll go, uh, Let's I go think that was the first yeah. one. Let's laugh at ourselves. Yeah, all right, so I had Hackett. And, 
uh, McDaniel, one. Wait, well, what team are we talking about? Yeah, let's go by teams, like every team. Then who we, who we uh, have. Jags, Hackett. Okay, I see. And Miami, McDaniel, got it, so that's one. Is this, is Denver, Dan Quinn, no good. Minnesota, Doug Peterson, no good. Chicago, Leftwich, no good. Houston, Flores, no good. Vegas, Harbaugh, no good. Giants, Dable, I got two right. That was you. Okay, good. Yeah. I said I three times. No, but we're talking about you should just go by teams. Like, you had yeah, but this going be harder to catch. It's okay. I, okay, I, I got you. I so, wasn't listening. Sorry. So, yeah. I got two. Okay. Uh, this is now you. You had left which of the jack. <laughs> yeah. This is Austin. Yeah, okay. You. There's two of us. <laughs> hey, I'm literally looking. I was like, that. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Left which hat, no good. Biennemi, no, no good. No. Hackett, yes, Denver. Yes. Thank uh, you Peterson, Minnesota, no good. <laughs> Quinn, Chicago, no good. Ooh. Flores, Houston, no good. Versace of Vegas, no good. Peterson, Giants, no good. You got one. I'll take my one. Casey. Now I'm worried. No, you got more than one. You know how you did here. Oh, good. Shags, Kellen Moore, no good. Yeah. <laughs> McDaniel, yes. Denver, Hackett, yes. Minnesota, Quinn, no. And that's the game. Chicago, Leftwich, no. Houston, Flores, no. Vegas, Passaccia, no. Giants, Dable, you are the winner. Three. Nicely done, Casey. Three of them. Nicely done. Uh, so that was fun. That was great. Glad we could bring that up again. Um, Me too. <laughs> dubs. And in the middle of it, like, what really went down in Houston? Like, there's, and did you see the statement that Flores' lost, lawyers came out with? No. After? I didn't see it. Like, that after Lovey Smith got hired, basically, their, the lawyers came out with a statement on, you know, Flores being a candidate and the lawsuit impacted the, you know, the, his candidacy. And Which like, is kind of fair, though, right? Like, I feel like saying... I mean, isn't like, that fair? I don't. By the way, I, I don't. I think some people criticized the actual timing of the statement from his lawyers because, well, Lovey Smith got hired as an African American coach, yeah, right, and that's obviously like uh, Flores is looking at a big picture thing here in this news cycle and hiring cycle, and the problem the NFL has. Ironically, the last two hires were both minority hires. Um, McDaniel is biracial, mm-hmm. and Lovey Smith is obviously African-American. And so um, it was an interesting timing. But I guess at the, the, in just a very small part of this, I said this right off the rip. This was very courageous, I think, of Flores to file the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And you can be courageous in doing so. But I'm not sure I blame Houston for not hiring a guy who is suing the league, including me. Yeah, like I mean, that's you kind of made your bed there, didn't you? Well, and I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know like how the whole testifying in court and everything is gonna play out. But yeah, I think the last thing that I need for the up and coming football season is for a coach to come in and maybe he's got to go to trial a couple of days during training camp. Like it's, and they already have been a mess. So yeah. I mean, can you? It's one thing if you're. I mean, again, I don't think any organization would have touched Flores after he filed the lawsuit because they were all part of the lawsuit. Like, everybody was being sued but, in the lawsuit. So here's the thing. I'm not touching Flores not because of the lawsuit of, of like what he did in terms of standing up for what he believes is right. Like, I'm not mad about that. Like, I'm not scared of that. Yeah. But I'm scared of the fact of, is this going to affect your time being a head coach? Interesting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not mad about the message that he's trying to purvey. I'm just mad about that time and energy it's going to take away from your team if you got to go to court. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand that. I appreciate that. And by the way, I don't think this should impact him going forward. I would just say it would be the first, it, it would feel like one of the first times like ever 
that a guy that just sued you, you hired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, in any walk of life. Yeah. Would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm coming on for the show. I'd like to be a, a co-host here, uh, but I'm going to sue you first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but can you still hire me? Like, it's just an odd thing. Like, forget yeah. about even what it's all about. And again, I, I give Brian Flores a lot of credit, and I think he will have a life in the NFL still. I don't think he's going to be, like, blackballed for this. Yeah. I don't believe he will. But I just think this cycle, he probably made his own bed in terms of the hiring. At the end of the sure. day, like whether he was a finalist for the Saints job and, and Houston job, um, it was pretty clear as day once he filed that that he was going to get the gig, in my opinion. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. CJ McCollum is a difference maker. He's averaging 18 to 20 points a game. Like, he's going to give that to you on the perimeter. I, I think when you look at the needs that they had, I think maybe someone that was a little bit more mature. He's a veteran guy that has played in the postseason. So I think that's who you want in your organization. And truth be told, when you have an opportunity to go get a player this good, you go get them, mainly because New Orleans is not a huge free agent destination. So if you can get an 18-point-a-game, 22-point-a-game two-guard to add to that kind of veteran or that group of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, you do that. And what you gave up, I don't think you gave up that much to get a player of his caliber. NBA trade deadline coming up. Right around the CJ corner. McCollum on the move. We're not guessing, huh? Um... <laughs> Hmm. No, it's okay. We can move on. We can move on. Nah, let, me, let me think for a second. I wasn't thinking in that uh, context. I got I'll take a guess at Jay Williams. I don't think it was, though. Nah. Nothing. I got nothing. Richard Jefferson. Ah. Richard Jefferson. Very good. Uh, awesome. Dame Lillard, is he moving anywhere? That's what I was going to go to next. I mean, if you if you break up the band, and you let McCollum go. It begs the question if if he's the next one on the list. I mean, if I was Daimler at this point, I would ask for because I mean, I think I'm doing too much now. He's been out with some injuries, so it is what it is. But if I'm Dame Lillard, yeah, I'm asking to get, go someplace else so I can win a championship. Where do you want to go? <sighs> it's a great question. Um, Brooklyn. I mean, you can trade for Harden. Kyrie, can he play Kyrie, in Portland? Well, no, yeah, because Harden is play in Portland. Well, they're saying now Harden might want out because he's got a new contract coming up, and it might be Harden for like Ben Simmons. I, or something. I saw that, but then I think I saw the latest was Harden said, "Yeah, he wants to be a part of it and stay." Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, I mean, I, Dame, Harden just wouldn't go to Dame could go to Philly. Philly would be a good, good spot for him. Try like a Ben Simmons trade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think Simmons is probably the biggest piece right now that you can kind of move around. What about Mil- think. What about Milwaukee? We're all good. For Dame? We're all good. I mean, you got Drew Holiday, who's should have been an all-star this year. You got Chris Middleton. I mean, like, listen, Dame's going to make the Bucks better, but what you, what you have to give up to get him, I'm, I'm all set. How about Ben Simmons? Any interest from so a Milwaukee, Milwaukee standpoint? No. No, no, we're all good. He's, he's Giannis, we're, 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 but can't score, right? We already have Giannis struggling sometimes for the free throw line. We don't need another guy stressing out for the free throw line. I, you know, we did this a while oh, back. Giannis is crushing it this year. I mean, the Ben Simmons stuff is is wacky, and it's, I mean, it's uh, for a totally different circumstance. It's very like Deshaun Watson-like, right? It's it's a Le'Veon Bell. It's like guys sitting out a year, essentially. Yeah. And, but I also don't sense 
that any fan base is clamoring to go acquire Ben Simmons. Like, that to me is, like, those guys, Le'Veon Bell, you would have had 31 other teams like, hey, let's go make a move for this guy. Deshaun sure. Watson would be like, hey, I want that guy as my quarterback, right? And hopefully the legal stuff takes care of itself. But, I mean, there are people just from a skill set standpoint that know this guy has some good skills in the league, but they're not really sure they want to acquire all his skills. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy because you talk about a former rookie of the year, two-time all-defensive first team, um, NBA third team, three-time NBA all-star. And, like, the only memories that people, like, when you say Ben Simmons, all people talk about is his playoff run and how bad he looked. Right. And like, that's all it is. Nobody talks about, you know, his first couple of years in the league, how dominant he was, how it could be one of the best facilitators in the game. All people want to talk about is when the game was on the line, when when the season was on the line in the playoffs, he crumbled. He absolutely crumbled. And that's what people relate to Ben Simmons. So, I mean, I think he can definitely offer a team something. It's just it has to be the right situation for him. Like, uh, he, like he can't be the guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, but nobody's really the. Well, I mean, yeah, you can still have oh, the guy. Yeah, although there's the guy, guys, guys, but John, John Rant would be the guy. Yeah, he's not going to be that guy. Would they benefit from Ben Simmons at all? The Grizzlies? Mm-hmm. Nah, I think we're all good with John Rant. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, don't listen. Need, to I don't yourself. need two ball handlers. That's what I'm saying. What listen to yourself. Listen like, to myself. Where is he? Where can? Where? Who wants him? Ben like, Simmons. Where's Ben Simmons? It has to fit and still going to give up what people want. I think it has to be some team that's trash. Yeah, it's got to be a rebuild. But even then, like, if you're the Magic in that situation, like, you really don't want to give up, like, any of the hydro. Like, you're not giving capital. up Cole Anthony. You're not giving up any of those guys. So it's, like, it's a tough spot. Timberwolves. Well, and by the way, I'll give you one other thing. The, the problem with Simmons is he comes kind of with a negative connotation right now, right? And so if you're a trash team and you already have this negativity, he's not the guy that's coming in that's like, hey, he's going to save my team, Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, he just doesn't have that. doesn't feel like that. What about the New York Knicks? Because they're kind of desperate again. <laughs> like, you thought they were going to be special this year, and now they're kind of back to being the Knicks. Do the Knicks take a gamble? Not can for he handle New York? He doesn't yeah. seem like he can handle Philly. Point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to help him out, man. I don't. I, I see. He's one of the most odd cases you've ever seen, though. You just rattled off his resume, right? Well, yeah. Wants out. Philly would love to trade him, probably, if they can get something in return. Can't find the right let pieces me, in return, but can't even find the right people to want him. Like, that's odd. Let me ask you this, because once again, we're talking about, you know, like, the reason why I don't want him going to the Bucks is because, yeah, you would take him for his defense, but, like, Milwaukee's already fine on that point. So, like, if you bring him on a team... It's with the thought of, okay, he's going to play lockdown defense, number one. Number two, he can be a facilitator if he has to. And number three, he can maybe be like your second or third leading scorer. Golden State trades Draymond Green for Ben Simmons. No. You want to do it? Draymond Green's too important to them. I wouldn't offer. Still? Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think think it's interesting. They rally around Draymond. Draymond Green now would be awesome in Philly. Yes. That's kind of uh, – see, to me, it was more obviously of the of the 76ers wanting Draymond than yeah. the, 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 you know, the Warriors. He'd be a great fit in Philly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. H- him and Embiid? Come on. But just even his style. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. I mean, just perfect. So that's what I was getting at. Uh, all right, if I give uh, – this is, this is um, top three on the NBA chatter over the last couple months. Um, time spent, at least. <laughs> I give you right now – you can ride with the team to win it all. Come on, come on, Brent. So I mean, uh, are we going to exclude the Bucks out of this because it's 
I can't pick against my Milwaukee okay, Bucks. Okay, then exclude the Bucks. Excluding the Bucks. You're, you're, you're Casey, you can include the Bucks if you want. No. <laughs> oh, wow. They're in second place in the East right now. Relax. You got the Heat, okay. the Bucks, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Cavs. Wait, wait, we have to pick a team from the East? No, I'm just oh, telling okay. you. I'm just telling I'm giving everybody, if I you're have, not paying attention lately, the oh. 76ers, all within two games, by the way. Five yeah. teams within two games. You got the Suns. They have the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. Golden State, the next best record in the league. Memphis, the next best record in the league. So three good teams out of the West. Uh, then uh, Utah really suffered a blow uh, with the Ingles ACL, Yeah, I would say. Um, I'm not really sure anybody's going to sign up for the Mavericks, the Nuggets, unless somebody's going to ride with the the Lakers coming out of the the, the basement here. We're all set. But so, uh, I mean, you could put a lot of teams in the mix in the East. It's it's really a heck of a race in the East. You got eight teams within five games. Yeah. But the the best teams come from the West. So who are you taking to win it all? You exclude the Bucks. If it's not the Bucks, then I have to go with the Warriors. Same. Because, I mean, you haven't even seen the Warriors at full strength yet, and they're doing pretty well for themselves right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But for the sake of argument, I'll pick a different team. What you got? Well. <laughs> Grizz? No. Uh, oh, see, that's how I, I you th- think of the Grizz? I, I think Grind they, City? I just think they could go on a magical, like, it would be catch the, like, the NBA on fire. Yeah. John Morant doing that. <sighs> Man. Like, I really think they could. Now, like, the Suns tried to had a little bit of that in them last year with Booker, right? With, yep. And the Suns, now, the way it had to I been mean, the best best team in the regular Suns season the three team. years in a row. Yeah, yeah. So, but now they're, they're going to get to the point where they got to prove it in the postseason. Yeah. I just wonder if, like, could Memphis go on, like, a Miami Heat kind of run where no, they kind of come out, not nowhere, but still not many people would pick them to win it all, and they actually get it done. I mean, uh, I will say this. Memphis, even when Ja was out for I think about a month, like they, they like their supporting cast, man, is, is very impressive. They're very unheralded and underappreciated, but they are impressive. So they're like the Cincinnati Bengals, they kind of they got the like Cincinnati Joe Burrow and, and a lot of people, Joe <laughs> yeah, Burrow yeah. and Jamar Chase and yeah, yeah. and everybody else. Like like the Memphis is like Cincinnati's defense. No, for sure, you're not wrong. I go with the Heat. Heat. Yeah, I think he's a really good coach. Talking uh, about um, Spolster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, heck, look at the job Billy D's done, though. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize the Cavs were a game and a half out. How the hell did they get a game and a half out? Kevin Love playing well? Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I guess. It's pretty impressive. Two years removed from from losing LeBron. Yeah. And they're better than the Lakers record-wise. Well, I mean, when you make the right picks, you have all those high picks, you got to make the right ones, and when you do, it works out. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, The... Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think you can pick a lot of teams. That's nice. No, but the, the Cavs are surprising, though, honestly. I mean, like, I didn't for – I mean, they got the, the Darius Garland, who's been slam poacher, I think, twice now. I mean, he might be going to the All-Star. Is he, did he make the All-Star team or not? Darius Garland? Okay. Yeah, we'll, f- uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, uh, he did. as a reserve. Like, yeah. who's the coach of the year? Spolstra, Billy D, comes from Cleveland, comes from Memphis. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd probably lean Billy D right now because the bowl, they're playing at a very high level, Yeah, which I didn't – Got a lot to pick from, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, is anybody watching the Olympics? And I'll give you Apparently some. Apparently not when they're live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll give you some uh, early prop bets for the Super Bowl as well. Let's to go. end the show. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I can't even come up with the words of, of really how cool and how 
special it is for me, you know. Um, I've told people, it's like, you know, my heart's uh, with both organizations. I've put my heart and soul into both places. Um, I couldn't believe in the people in both places more. I mean, my kids and all of us will always go to Cincinnati Bengals games and I'll always go to Los Angeles games when I'm retired. Uh, we love, you know, we love both places. So just to be in this moment, be exactly where my feet are, uh, just enjoying and, and taking it all in, man. It, it's, it's one of those things, it's almost like a storybook just to have this opportunity with, you know, could possibly be at my age, my last game. That's Whitworth. Cincinnati and Rams career. Rams and Bengals in the Super Bowl. You can listen to it right here on ESPN 690. Coverage starts at 5 o'clock on Sunday, part of our Westwood One coverage. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We have the Super Bowl. You can listen to it Sunday on ESPN 690. More Super Bowl talk the rest of the week. Maybe a prop bet or two coming up in just a moment. Uh, but by the way, did you know the Olympics are happening? Oh, yeah. I've been watching every single night, man. You do watch yep. it. Yep. Been group texting with the guys. About the Olympics. Yeah, we, we kind of do like a, like a live reaction uh, in our group text when the Olympics are on. Word, word. So, yeah, so last night like, we got Where we do got you our, even watch the Olympics? Uh, on, uh, at home, on TV. Where else would you watch them? But aren't they, like, all over the place? Like, oh, it's on USA. What channel? Yeah. yeah, so last night it was NBC. It was primetime. So, doing, so what was in primetime? Yeah, well, they had the, the big air. We don't work. So they were doing that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, man, it's unavoidable here. Okay. And you t- I said USA Network. That's I know you did. Yeah. you did a good job. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But I mean, between the like, Peacock Channel, like NBC Sports isn't a thing anymore. They canceled that at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. So, like, uh, but USA is the new. Like, yeah. That's the yeah. transfer. And I think yeah. USA used to be a CBS property, and somewhere in the tr- it must have got bought up by NBC, and so now they put stuff on on there. I think. So yeah. So last night it was um, Action Sports Jackson. After that, I I, I, I tuned <laughs> on uh, a little big air skiing and some figure skating as well. Fantastic. So, so figure Ken's skating. Bring it, by the way. Oh yeah, because figure, figure skating, skating is, is usually kind of like time, the, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the the big draw, I guess. You know. Like what? When do I get excited about this Olympics? Like now. You should be curling. Yeah, curling. Curling can be good. Like. Uh, I looked at the medal count. I didn't even see, like, the United States in the top five yet. Well, they don't have any gold medals yet. Yeah, they're struggling right okay, now. Okay, well, that's a problem. Well, so I mean, this is well, hey, it's, it's, well, we're, like, in the first round right now of the, the golf tournament. Like, there's plenty of time to go here, so let's relax. So are you in the group chat with your friends about the Winter Olympics because the Winter Olympics are, like, more prominent where it's cold? Like, I feel no, no connection oh, to no, the Winter Olympics. No. Well, no, it's not even about that. It's more about just, like, we, we just crack jokes the whole time. Like, I mean, we're even, oh. like, group texting during, like, okay. the opening ceremonies. Like, can you believe that country is wearing that? Or, you know, it's just the oh. way I stay in touch. Well, yeah. Well, hey, what do you want me to tell you, man? Well, there, I didn't know if you felt so, more connected there, to it because it's cold stuff. Well, Wisconsin. there was one flag bearer that wasn't wearing a shirt. He was shirtless. Wow. From, um, I forgot what, what country it was. But he See, had like a, it was like a, a, a Caribbean country. You can't do the Winter Olympics in a place where that's a lot. Like, you have to be cold. Like, these well, guys yeah, are cold. he was like, he was greased up, so I assume he had some kind of like heating gel on, but he was shirtless. Like, you got to be cold, bro. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, like, you know, when they had it in Norway. Yeah, See, that's like, what I'm yeah, talking about. That's, that's the Winter Olympics. Well, it's cold in China. I know, but like not cold There's enough. Like they had to, like, to bring in fake they had to bring snow. In most of their snow, right? I mean, how cold is it in China right now? I don't know, but Let's they should do out. like the Winter Olympics in like Antarctica. Yeah. Hey, it is 18 degrees right now in Beijing, China. So I don't know what you it's, want from them. But it must just not snow a lot. It's early morning, though. You know? Okay, that's a good point. So it's 
50 degrees total. Oh. Oh, it's 50 later today. Yeah, in China? okay. So Friday, Saturday, it's going to be 34 degrees. Sunday, 29 I mean, degrees. I mean, we're that's playing cold. TPC Sawgrass in 50 degrees. And they're doing the Winter Olympics. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, so we should do the like Winter doing, Olympics in Ponte Vedra. You're acting like they're doing this right now in the middle of summer in Atlanta. Like, it's, it's so cold there. That's what it feels like. I man. know, but just like, you don't think China and think cold. I mean, what guy? What are you watching in the Winter Games where it's got to be cold? Like, what are you, are you watching the the cross country skiing and you're like, oh, the sun's way too bright? Like, what are you watching? Well, I, I want to go skating, to skating, like, big luge, bobsled. You can't really tell anything because all you see is the ice. Has so that started yet? I want to see the breath huh? coming. Has it started yet? What's that? The luge? Yeah, the luge started. Oh. A girl from uh, USA fell off it. Oh, what? She's okay. So U.S. disappointing right now. Oh, they she fell off. And I don't want to call anybody out, but uh, the couple. Couple of disappointing shows so yeah. far. All right, hey, real quick, uh, cross sport. What will be higher, Cooper Cup total receptions at the Super Bowl or USA gold medals at the Winter Olympics? Say over time. I'm sorry. Total receptions total for receptions. Cooper, Cup Cooper Cup or gold medals at the Winter Olympics? <sighs> Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Really? Well, they're off to a bad start. They have zero. My gosh, like we can't get like twelve hey, Olympic golds. That's because Norway's bringing the heat this year. I mean, they're like in fifth right now. But I can't Norway's believe coming. that's even a really? question. Yeah. What will be higher, Rams total touchdowns or Trey Young's total three-point field goals made against the Celtics? <laughs> I might have missed that game already. Oh, this might be like four days old. My head's hurting. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> I go with the touchdowns. Oh. Yeah. I thought these were all Olympic-based, but I guess these they're are like, I mean, these are cross-sport. Like, you want to know what, this what I have. What will be higher, Cincinnati Bengals touchdowns or total goals in the Tottenham versus Wolverhampton match? <laughs> um, Casey? What was the first part? I'm sorry. Higher, touchdowns by the Bengals. Higher touchdowns. So like maybe, oh, Bengals. Bengals. Tottenham Bengals, and Wolverhampton, did they play already, like, oh, last weekend, or is that coming up? Shit, it's coming up. I got one for you. What will be higher, Daytona 500 average speed in miles per hour or Matthew Stafford first half passing yards? Hey, man. <laughs> oh, miles per hour. I would think so, too. It's like, it's like 200, 200. Yeah. Right? 198 or something. Yeah, so if Stafford's, if Stafford's bumping 200 in the first half, it's a blowout. Last one for right. you, just for fun. Uh, Akers and Mixon combined total rushing yards or the winning time in seconds at the 2022 Kentucky Derby? You got to wait a while for that bet. I'm, I'm going under. Or I'm going uh, <laughs> under. I'm going Kentucky Derby because Acres. I don't think it's practiced yet. These are actually more fun than I thought. I thought they were going to be all Olympics based, but they're I not. Wish they would have been. Uh, <laughs> you do. Uh, you can report on the Olympics tomorrow. I we'll see you. you again tomorrow. See you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30, live at UNF Arena tomorrow. The Ospreys play at 11 a.m. By the way, UNF Arena for the women, and then seven o'clock tomorrow night against Bellarmine. We'll be there from three to six. UNF Arena tomorrow on ESPN 690. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.